When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jacobs, and uh, today we're gonna bring on a pretty special guest. I went to community college with this brother, and uh, we had some pretty good conversations back then. Uh, since then, uh, I'm gonna let you give a little, you know, rundown of who you are and what you do. So my name is Zacchaeus. Um, I, I do content. I make comedy skits with my girl, and basically, I just try to make people laugh. That's like my main purpose. And I play sports. I play basketball, but my Oh, it's to kind of um, bring, you know, joy into other people's lives. Because I know everybody's going through a lot of shit, especially with the pandemic. People's just personal lives. So what I try to do is just spread positivity through all that. It's a little right. bit about Hey, uh, I got a question. Um, how, did, like, how did you start doing that? When did you find When did you find out that was, like, that was your purpose and passion? Honestly... I I feel like I've been funny since like high school and uh I just it was something I would always do with my friends would make little like short videos but I never did nothing with it. The real reason I never did nothing with it is cuz I always had like a flip phone or Android so I just never really knew what to do. I never got into it but um you know just when the right time presented itself it just it just went like it went it went the way it was supposed to so it just it never felt like it was something that i had to find it's always been there and then when the right time came it just kind of happened bro that's that's hard as fuck like it's it's crazy what what does it feel like being like this like going viral on tiktok and shit like that like that must be i don't know like what what does that feel like honestly for me like i got big ass goals so like i get into the zone where some things that I do that I know are kind of big to like other people or just in general that is really big I get into this zone where for me it's not enough so I can't really tell you like I'm gonna give you the best example of like it's something super like I definitely appreciate it and you know I'm thankful but I gotta that's something I'm actually working on is learning how to be more appreciative of things because I get caught up in like just striving for so much that I forget to like take a step back and really Look at what I've actually done. So for me, I would say it's just a it's just a, it's a constant rush. Like I'm always going for something. Like I I'm not content with anything. So I'm always trying to you know level up. 
every day it's just look how can I get better how can I get better so but I, I feel that so much like during quarantine I really kind of changed like a lot of my habits and like Michael knows I like I lost hella weight and shit like that and throughout that process I it's never enough for me I always want to keep going like I'm always feeling like something something's not right I got to keep getting better I got to keep improving and stuff like that and like through that journey it kind of gets kind of um sometimes I don't give myself enough credit and I, I feel like you probably do the same thing you probably don't give yourself enough credit at all um because like I feel like I've come a long way and sometimes I feel like I'm in the same spot when I'm when I know I'm not mm-hmm. but in that moment you just feel like you feel like you're not doing enough you know you feel like you can always do something more Thanks. and that's so, yeah. that's that I, I gotta you know get better at like what you just said uh like you feel like you're not doing nothing but in reality you actually did a lot like for me i went from you know sleeping in my car all through high school summer college you know being homeless and now you know i'm not in that position and i'm actually in a position to be really successful so that that in itself is like a blessing a huge blessing so you know we definitely got to be appreciative yeah all right I'm a long way. I mean, I mean, even when I see the numbers from our podcast, like I just feel like we just haven't, we haven't reached the level that I thought we were gonna reach so quickly. But I mean, you gotta appreciate the journey, and uh, you know, process. yeah, the process is inevitable, and uh, it's beautiful in a way too. You know, you know, looking at you know the imperfections, you know, the little hiccups that you've that you've made along the way, and you know, all the trials and tribulations that you make, you see where you. Now it's just a hundred times better. But you you know, you look at where you are now as like a starting place. All you can do is fall. I mean, you can also rise, but it's pretty for you to fall. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as Joey said, don't be dry. Put some comments. You know, put some questions yeah. in the section. You know what I'm saying? We trying to get you know we trying to get deep tonight. Real deep. Yeah. Talk about like we could talk about anything. Honestly, we could talk about uh Black History Month. I see Black History Month and uh Black History Black History uh man intro month is crazy. It's a crazy topic because in all honesty, it shouldn't be a month that we have to single out to celebrate Black people. It shouldn't even station because we don't single out any other race to celebrate them because they're naturally already celebrated. So, and in all honesty. Without black people, without a lot of races, I'm not just going to say without black people, but without black people, this planet, this world would not be where it is today, in, in all honesty. So I feel like off jump, just the fact that we have to put it into a category of, oh, we get a month, that that's already a step in the wrong direction. It's a step backwards, in my opinion. Yeah. In fact, I, I think that um the, the, the original idea of Carter G. Wilson adding Negro History Week and then developing into Black History Month was a was a great idea. But I think that as a culture, we, we should we should celebrate like we shouldn't okay, everybody else in the country, y'all can celebrate Black History Month. We amongst our own culture, we should celebrate our, our ancestors and the present like all the time. We should we should teach our kids about the great things that that that, that our past that our ancestors have done and that we continue to do today because it doesn't get the the um the, the recognition that it deserves because we've we've built a lot of things in this country. This country would not be what it is at all without black people. And that's a fact. You know, 
So we, we need to keep uplifting those. Like, there are a lot of people, like, I made a post on our on our Instagram yesterday, like, about Carter G. Wilson. And I, I know most people don't know who that is. So, like, mm -hmm. I'm doing, just trying to uplift those who, like, all the black intellectuals and, and the people who, who, who maybe, who weren't athletes or rappers and shit like that. Like, mm -hmm. we have to, we have to recognize them because those, okay. the, those are the people who helped get us to where we are today. And when, when we're still trying to get to, those intellectuals are still trying to fight until we can have better days in the future. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's funny because I was having this conversation earlier today. Um, this one seemed like, you know, some funny shit. I was like, it's, it's a National Tokens Month because, you know, all you'll see is a whole bunch of corporations talking about, oh, it's Black History Month. Let's put, uh, you know, let's put, you know, red white and green or red black and green all over the place and you know put all the countries that you know people could be from that we don't know if we're from them and uh call it a day but at the end of the day or you know give a blurb about you know somebody who's like generic from history like uh madam cj walker you know give a basic synopsis of her or you know give give something very you know generic you never dive deep into it but when you look in the black community you see a lot more, it's a lot more depth in uh, content, or maybe not content. There's a lot more context um, that paints a different picture, you'll say. Mm -hmm. In our culture, um, there's a lot of different people who celebrate it for different reasons. The same, the same way how people celebrate Kwanzaa and... Uh, What's that other black holiday? Hanukkah. Hanukkah, yeah. Hanukkah. That that's Jew. That's a Jewish. Yeah, I, I knew that was Jewish. Like I was like when I said, <laughs> celebrate Christmas." Yeah, I know some. I know there's the black Jew. I know there's some black Jewish, but I'm there's there's another black holiday. Oh, Juneteenth. You know. Oh, oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? Then you know the. Then uh. Then the the massive society does so. That you have to take time to see that, or even challenge the fact of if Black History Month should be celebrated as a whole, because the pro the perspective that has been given to us by you know white people, or I won't say white people, I'll say the mass of society is that we are just tokens. And they'll drop a token, you know, or they'll select one person out of, you know, the mass society to represent a certain proportion of black people. Mm. I'm not either, <laughs> but. Oh, yeah, I, I I couldn't speak for you. I, I, but oh, I'm yeah. not... <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't saying that. I wasn't saying that. In no, no means of fact. No, no, no. I, I'm, I'm talking about in the comment section. Oh. Um, well, it, I got a couple friends who are, though. I definitely know a lot of people in that, in that community. We actually got, uh, no, they're Ethiopian. We have some Ethiopians. Eritreans, Ethiopians, Habesha, a lot of shit. Um, someone asked the question, I can't see it no more. Uh, when did you establish? Oh, bro. Cold as hell in here. Oh, I put the heater on. Uh, I don't see it anymore. I, I also wanted to say on the Black History Month topic that I think 
although sometimes like it does seem like like a token like a token month for us i still think that the month is important though because we we as a community we keep we keep having these conversations of of like why do, why is it just one month like i think as a community we need to take the initiative and celebrate our culture more often right. Right. we can we can complain all we want and be like oh like every month is black history month but if nobody if nobody's going to celebrate it then then why why would we get rid of of this month like why why would we want to end that i wouldn't say get rid of this month i would say it starts within like your circle and your exactly. like in your circle do you you know celebrate each other are you celebrating you know your fellow brothers and sisters but you know if we're being honest and transparent most people in our communities don't even celebrate each other right. like, a lot of us hate on each other um we look down on each other or when, when people are you know making moves it's just, it's just a lot of animosity and it's a lot of hatred and i'm not even going to say that that's from our colonizers or our people who oppressed us because now it becomes a choice now you know you're aware you know uh a lot of it is is, is, a, is a decision. Like back then, you know, coming up is kind of like what you were uh, programmed to do. But then as time goes along, it, it becomes a choice. And it's like people are making these conscious decisions to continue feeding into that jealousy and that hatred. And at this point, there's no excuse for it. Like you can't blame white people. You can't blame it. It's just, it's just no excuse. So you got to really look back and say, and self-reflect. And I feel like not enough people self-reflect on that topic. So then they run around saying, oh, we don't have this, or oh, we don't have another month, or oh, we don't have, like like what you were saying. No, nah, real shit. I'm not gonna lie, when I, when I, um, I, I worked at Safeway, and like, it was, it was in the hood, it was in the hood, and I, um, I just noticed, like, like, amongst black men, I just noticed there was, like, a, the black men that I was around, there was, like, a, like, they didn't, we didn't, they didn't want to compliment each other, just, like, we didn't want to uplift each other. We always bringing each other down. And I just I just noticed that personally I always make a conscious effort to bring up my black like all my black people and stuff like that. I'm like, cause what what do I need to hide my praise for? If I see you doing good or whatever you're doing, I'm finna I'm finna lift that shit up. Like right. a lot of people have the have the mindset of like if if I lift him up, his head's gonna get big. He's gonna stop doing what he's doing. Like me personally, when when people tell me good things, when people tell me about the podcast or like any accomplishment that I've done, that makes me want to go harder. That makes me because like because I see that what I'm doing is working and that right. and that there are results that you can see and that right. makes me go harder because I know what I'm doing is working and I know that if I keep doing what I'm doing I'm gonna get even better results. I just think we have a problem like we always trying to bring each other down like just like you know like the typical like crabs in a bucket or in a barrel mentality. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think that I think we need to be more conscious and we need to raise more awareness of um of just what. We we need to lift each other up more it starts like it really starts within like i've had conversations with people about this and some people just really don't want to see it like some people really are stuck in that mindset so it's kind of it, it's a process and it's going to take a long time to untrain like that that habit for most people right i just think the for the first thing is self-awareness we have to be and and if if you want to solve any problem in your life, then the first step is self awareness. You have to be aware of what your problem is before you can even combat. You have to understand that. 
And in all honesty, it's people glorifying the shit too. So a lot of people glorify a lot of negative shit, which makes people continue to think that they're doing okay. So, you know, how people glorify rappers, uh, just... That's you, sick. I'm not even gonna lie. We could, let's talk about that. About just how, like, people, like, glorify rappers instead of, you know... I'm shaking this because my girl left the door open and it's cold as fuck. It's <laughs> all <laughs> so good. Um, I really want to talk about, like, how, like, people not, don't only idolize rappers, but they idolize their mindsets or the mindset that they're, you know, um, promoting. Right. You know, it's that, like, you see all these people who grew up in certain atmospheres and carry those atmospheres with them, even though they're supposedly supposed to be out of it, you know, because they're only in that, you know, mindset because of the certain circumstance. And now right. since they have those certain circumstances, aren't they supposed to, well, supposedly they're supposed to elevate their mindset and their ideologies differently. But I mean, you know, you know what they say, you can always take a, you can always take somebody out the hood, but you can't do the hood out somebody. Um, it's all, it's all just the idea that it's like, it's corny if you're smart, it's corny if you're really striving for something. Yeah. All I'm, it's retarded because the people who are striving for something, when they it's corny while they're doing it, but when they end up doing it, now it's dope. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, you the shit, bro. Like, damn, I knew you was going to be something. Regardless of what you do, it could be a nigga making a billion dollars off of being a tech tech analyst or something. Yeah. And that's gay, this, this, and that is weak. And then the second that it starts hit popping off, Everybody in your community, all about everybody's just gonna be like praising you now. Yeah, but no, nah, it's like it's just very. Um, I don't know. You remember that that one meme, um, the Miller Grove meme, where like that kid <laughs> is book, like he's sitting on the he's sitting on the stairs and he and he's reading the book and is like, and the, and the caption is only at Miller Grove, <laughs> I, <and> like. <laughs> it, it's, just like a, it's just a picture. It's like a picture of a kid on the stairs reading a book, and like the other kids, they they're making fun of him for it, and maybe they was like, "Oh, this nigga's reading a book." Like, and I just like back then when I looked at it, like I thought it was funny. But as I've gotten as I've gotten older and looked at the, um, just like expanded my mind more. I look at that, have a different perspective, and I see how backwards that is. Like we we look down on people who 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 read and try to better themselves and. Like it's not cool. It's not cool to read. It's not cool to improve your mind. It's not. That's just not cool. It's the only thing that's cool is Cooper. I know why. It's because what we were given, uh, what what was taken away from us, we no longer want. So the ability to read was taken away from us. The ability to learn was taken away from us. The ability to do all these things was taken away from us. So it's kind of like if you're gonna take it away from us, I don't really want it anyway. So now it's like anyone who tries to strive to read. Or do these certain things, it's like, oh, you following behind the white man. Oh, you 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 trying to be hella smart, oh you're hella corny, and shit like that. Because we we're naturally taught to be kept dumb. But uh that's another question I was gonna ask. How do y'all feel about the word nigga in our community? A lot no, of people... I wanted to tackle this for a very long time. Um 
you know, I keep falling victim to it. You know, I keep saying, like, every day, like, we shouldn't be saying that. But behind closed door, I'm just like, hey, shut the fuck up. You know what I mean? It's just, but it's, it's so habitual now that it's hard not to. And when you, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like, you know, when it comes down to cursing, you know, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Um, but if you're really passionate about something, you revert back to it. Um, right. Uh, even on this podcast, I catch myself doing this sometimes, but, um, I feel that, um, as I used to call myself the life negus, um, I feel like we should be using that word because that actually means king or um, divine entity. So uh, what, do you, what do you think the word nigga means? Because no one has ever put a strict definition on it. It's just kind of something that started. So in some people's minds, nigga being king, like my nigga, my king, my nigga, my brother. So yeah. what, what do you feel? What do you feel it means? Wait, I, wait, hold on. I wanted to, oh, sorry, Michael. I wanted to get my insight on on if we should use a word or not. Um, I I saw a video by Justin Blue um, a few weeks ago, and um, if, if you guys don't know who that is, you guys should follow him. He's very um, like young intellectual black man, like a little older, like he might be like seven years older than like me and Michael. I'm 21, but like he was talking about how that word that that word brings black Americans together, like it's it's i guess something that's that's part of our culture is it's something that that it's the only it's the only thing that it's one of the only things that black americans have that 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 really unifies us like that's that that's that's it's it, it's our it's our word but it's also used in a negative light as well that's that's why i'm, I'm having trouble with the word because yeah. anybody gets to altercation it's like fuck you nigga it's like nigga shut the fuck up uh then when you Fucking with someone is my nigga, you know, we cool as fuck, nigga. Like, so where is like the the line and the way we're using it? I mean, I think like you're you're right, but I just think it's it's just a word that that our culture uses. I think we've 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 changed the meaning of that word. Like when I when I say that word, I don't think I don't think about oppression or or white people that's that's a word that's part of my culture and i feel like at the end of the day words are like when you say a word you it has a meaning to to you and amongst black people that word has a meaning amongst us and although it had a different meaning 200 300 years ago when obviously under a certain context that word still has the same hate if 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 a white person says it to me but mm -hmm. amongst People, that word doesn't have that same meaning and it is something that that like that brings us together she said but we can use our own word whatever I mean it's kind of conflicting because I don't know if I agree with that point Joe but I think that I see where you're coming from like it is a word of you know what do we call um it's kind of like taking your power back in a sense like you oh you're trying to like we we refurbish the word, but at the same time, like, I know where that word comes from. And, you know, our ancestors were called that in a very charging way. And I don't want to disrespect, you know, everything they worked through. 
just because we um, either are taking it lightly hearted or if we're trying to claim it back in the power of their name. Um, it's similar to like if walking down the street, right? Somebody punched you in your face and somebody, you know, and then uh, you get around your friends and, you know, you punch them on the shoulder. Like, it's kind of like, yeah, like that's cool. But like, if you got punched in the face and, you know, by some big ass, you know, dude, it could be kind of tra- it could be kind of traumatizing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, not the best analogy, but that's the one that no, came up. No, hey, I get you. Okay, here's my response to that though. Like, yes, that word was used to oppress our ancestors, but you have to take into account we didn't just start saying that word. They that, said to each other like the 1920s. It, it's it's passed down. Yeah. yeah. It's 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 passed down from those times. But so, it's just, in what context were they using it back then? Because, like I said, the context of the word. No, I'm, I'm talking about I'm talking about black people using it uh, for for each I, other. That's what yeah. I'm saying. What context were they using it for back then? Because from my from my what I learned is that when black people did start calling other black people nigga, and at first it was like a bad thing. At first it was like, okay, you know. Um, it got into the sense of, you know, people still c- compete regardless of what situation they're in. So slaves were still, you know, looking at other slaves like I'm better than you. For so sure. it's more so like, you know, I'm I'm better than you. So look, like, look, nigga, listen to me. So I know we all got to listen to to the, to the white man, but you're going to listen to me. So in a sense, nigga is being like, what context back then are you saying it was used in? Um, I, I, I think it's just... You asked me what context am I using it in? No, what context do you think it was being used in back then and what uh, context we're using it in now? Because like I said, a lot of people now, when they use that word, we know majority people, majority of us use that word, you know, just talking, just normal conversation. Yeah. It could still have negative connotation to it when you, you go up to someone and you're like, fuck you, nigga. Or it's like, you know, you my nigga. So it's like, at what point is it just a word now, or is it still a word that holds that much meaning? I I mean, I definitely think the the word holds a lot of meaning. I think that's why we say it so much. That's why when shit, if I'm emotionally charged up, I'm like nigga, you know, just something like that. <laughs> I'm I mean, I'm like what the fuck, nigga, like, you know, like if 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 I'm mad, I was I'm I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna say it. I just it, it's definitely it's still a powerful word. I just, I mean, I think all words, it really depends on context. I, I think it's all about how do you, like, what do you mean when you, when you say it? I personally, I don't think that the use of that word is holding our community back. There's I, a lot of things. I'll, either. I don't think so either. I, that's definitely not one of the main things I would say. And wait, I, and I, I wanted to respond to, um, to us. Somebody said that like, Africans don't like when, when when you say that word to them. I, I don't I don't think that's a good comparison because Africans and African Americans are have a different have a completely different culture. Yeah. So I, I I I don't think that's I I understand what you're saying. Like we're in the same diaspora. We're we're all we're all African, but we have a completely different culture. So I don't I don't think it applies. The we same don't even, way. We don't even really have a culture. <laughs> that's the funny thing. <laughs> you know what they got. They got burgers. 
That's what they got. They got Burt Drive-In Movies and Malt Milkshakes and the Furbishing of French Fries. Yeah, our culture. I, I do think I do think we have a culture, but our I guess not like Yeah, I wouldn't use the culture. I would use a different word for what we have. I feel like we have things. <laughs> I wouldn't say we have a culture. Like I wouldn't call, consider music a culture. I would consider that like a tradition or a uh when I think of culture, I think it I, I take it back like far if 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 you if for culture. I feel like we don't have enough roots to say we have a culture. I feel like our roots were never planted here. I feel like we were just here. Started doing and we and everything. I can't really say we have a culture because we were never fully just like one. We were just around, spread out with a bunch of different people. I, I think it I think it depends on the context of, of what do you think culture is. Because when when you're around a, a black American, if, if there's a black American, if there's a group of black Americans and then there's an African, like someone, someone who's from Africa, they're, they're, they're going to feel excluded because it's a different culture. Like they're not going to understand. Like, I, like well, I, I'll give you a perfect example. Cause my best friend is from uh, Africa and I actually, it's it, it gathering. Uh, with my girl, and we felt, you know, hella odd. We didn't, we couldn't relate to anything they were talking about. We didn't even speak the language. We were just kind of sitting there. But it is, is that he can come to a, a gathering with with us, and he could get along and talk to people and understand shit. Because our culture is really a culture. Like just because we have soul food, play, play, got a real culture. I would just consider that something that we do to kind of enjoy ourselves. Because anyone could kind of get with it. Like it's not something that's that's hard, but when when you go to like some someone with real culture, like say if you go to an Indian person's house, like they have real culture, like it's off at the door. You know, they a Muslim they pray a certain way. You know, they do they pray ten times a day. Like these people have real things that they've embedded in themselves and in their culture, and I feel like we don't have that. We don't have that set thing that's like Black American culture. We I mean, have- I feel like we we have certain things, but I feel like we just don't gatekeep like they do. Facts. I, I feel like the I feel like the thing between us and you know other cultures is that we're so welcoming that it's damn near scary because we don't we don't be like oh you can't come in you know to this meeting or oh you're not included in this like we're still like just think about this we're still debating going back to the n word we're still debating if white people should be able to say nigga or not that that right there should tell everybody that we are have our own problems with exclusivity. We don't right. have our own like hip hop itself is being appropriated. We got people trying to wear box braids and whatnot, which are supposed to be staple things for black people because it's specifically for us because it's our hair. It's the way we talk. It's the way we've been through things. You know what I'm saying? So right. for us to have to even contemplate whether or not they can say that proves the lack of gatekeeping. I feel like it's ourselves. That's 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 what it is. Because if you really yeah. know something within yourself, it's like, nah, they're not saying that. And if you do, it's definitely an issue. No matter what, no matter what. That the is true. 
I'm not, well, gonna, I'm not gonna lie. If somebody said if some white person said it in front of me, they might end up with a knuckle in their face. Yeah, it depends. See, now that's the thing. Now, I'm not gonna say I don't have friends who aren't black who say the word like I do, but see, it's because I'm friends with them, and it's because they, you know, I feel like they cool enough to the point where I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not tripping, and that's where I feel like it's not, it's not that embedded. It's not embedded in us to really trip because we lost all culture, all recite. Certain things we just don't have. Yeah. But disrespect, you take off, oh, you take off a, a Indian girl's hijab or you cut their hair, it's bad. Like, don't do that. And everyone knows not to do that. And they don't even try to do it. They they can go to school freely. You know how you not teach no hats in the class, no hoodies. Are they telling, you know, they're not telling them to take their stuff off because it's their culture. Yeah. And we can't say. That brings up, that brings up the debate of it. People respect black culture enough to even, you know, stay out of it. Cause like, I mean, like, think about it. I'm, That's a, true. I'm a big anime watcher. I'm a, I'm a huge anime watcher. But still, sometimes I feel uncomfortable if I want to go out and talk about it, or like, you know, if I like, sometimes like, in the future, I, I plan on going to Japan. But I feel like it's gonna be awkward, not only because I don't know how to speak the language, but be also because I don't understand the boundary of their culture and where I can be and where I can't be. But within black culture, there's no boundaries. Mm -hmm. We have no boundaries. When it comes to physical, physical boundaries, like literal like hubs. I mean, we have boundaries, but we don't have structure within those boundaries, which creates terrible boundaries. So like, yeah. it's, it's like, you know, we have more boundaries within ourselves with our own people than we have with other people. Like, like I say, you know, that goes back to violence, you know, a set here and a set here, they have those boundaries where it's like, don't come in our territory. Because you know why they respect that? Because things have been done to lead to that respect. So, you know, you do this, there's consequences. Yeah. You step into something when somebody else does it, there's no consequences because, we fear everyone except ourselves, which is crazy. We fear what, what the white man is going to do to us. We fear what uh, other races and cultures are going to do to us, but we I mean, don't we, fear. We damn fear ourselves. I'm not going to lie. If, put it like this. At the end of the day, it's, it's dark outside. You're walking down the street. Who are you expecting to rob you? White man? Black person. Realistic. And that's why I'm saying it's, it's crazy because it's, it's such a backwards mentality that we fear exactly what we're not supposed to fear, but we don't fear what we're supposed to fear. It's backwards as fuck. That's crazy. We trust the white man more than we trust ourselves. Subconsciously, too. It's not like yes. we once. Subconsciously. Yes. It's, it's kind of, everyone falls victim to it. It's not like we want to, but you see a, you know, you car breaks down, you see a, a random looking white dude offers you some help. It's kind of like, okay, like, okay, you know, I'm not worried about him. You know, I'm not really scared. Black dude come up in a hoodie and it's kind of like, you, you, you going, you going to take the help, but it's kind of like, you kind of, you paying attention. This nigga going to try to rob me. Yeah. Uh, what, what's he, what's he, what's he, set up. Something, something about to happen. Something about to pop off for me. And that's, it's a problem, but it's also yeah. a problem. Not just cause that's the way we look at people. It's a problem because of the shit we've shown. So, you know, it is brothers out here really robbing niggas left and right, being yeah. shot, killing niggas. So then again, it's kind of like, why wouldn't I be hesitant? Yeah. 
And it's kind of like a paradox or a paradigm because we're stuck in a cycle of we can't escape it. We try to go outside these bounds, but there's something stopping us. And so when we return into these bounds where we're comfortable, somebody else is trying to push us to get out of it. Whether it's somebody literally trying to like say, hey, you don't need to be here anymore. We are above this. Let's get out of here. Or if somebody's like, you know, you don't like the circumstances that you're in because you don't have any money. Um, you have to fight and survive. You're going to have to fight to survive in these conditions. And so you want to want to move out. You know what I'm saying? Like but, uh, us being put in these certain uh, predicaments and positions isn't our fault entirely. But some yeah. of it is. Like some of it we play a huge part in. Um, it's, and it, it, all, it all plays into decision making. So you know, we were placed in this position and then the decisions you make after, and they're tough ones, they're not easy, is what's going to either keep you there or get you out. So it's, it's really a simple concept. Yeah, facts. Nah, you're talking about those decisions. I, I think about, I always reference my job, like, I, that shit, I met so many black people there, and there was this dude, he used to come in my store and steal every day. And, um, I would I would let him I would let him take one thing because I knew he was hungry and stuff like that, but like he um I told him when I told him I was going back to school um last hold on wait can y'all hear me yeah can y'all hear me yeah yeah I told him it was gonna be last day and I was like he was like damn man I'm sorry to leave you the whole community loves you and I'm like I'm like I appreciate that. he was talking about his stealing I'm like I'm like why you be stealing man like. Like, like, don't you want to better your life? And, and he said, like, it's oh, he's like, I, I, if I stay in this neighborhood, I'm gonna be stealing for life. And he didn't even want to leave; he was trapped. Like, yeah, he I couldn't, leave. like, he couldn't make that tough decision to just leave the That's neighborhood. Crazy. He's like, I'm stealing. I feel, like every, I feel like everybody falls victim to it. It's just those, like I said, I've stolen before a lot, like back in my day, and it was because I had to. Like, I didn't have the means. To, to get anything, and I feel like if I would have stayed on that route making those decisions, there's a limit. It's like everyone has, you know, I didn't have to do it, but I feel like for me to build that character to understand this isn't the route I want to go to make that better decision. <clears throat> I feel like people get on that path, and then they just they see the, uh, the short-term benefits, and they're like, nah, I got to do this. I got to do this. This is the only way versus – Doing something, realizing this ain't the right thing, and then maneuvering your path. Yes, I saw the same people stealing for six months, like, and and then I and then I went back to college, was gone for like five, and then I I worked over there during Christmas break. It's the same people stealing, the same people there not trying to help themselves out, and they're just like just staying in that same complacent path. It starts with a conversation, though. Like for me now, now that I'm not in that position where I have to, I don't, I don't have to steal nothing. You know, I don't have to uh I don't have to really do these things to like survive no more. So anyone I see that's in a position like that, it starts with just a conversation and you know, really letting them know that. And then in all honesty, you gotta kinda you may have in someone's life, I'm not saying everybody across someone's life, you may have to be that person who steps out of your comfort zone and really lends that help to shows them. So you're not just telling them, look, you don't have to do it. Now you show them. You don't have to do this, and this is why. And I can help you do it this way. And if they listen, that's on them. But there's a lot of people who choose not to listen when you try to lend out that help. Yeah. 
There's so always I, that one. There's, I'm not even going to say one. There's multiple people who, if you show them the way, they'd rather, they'd rather stay complacent because it's hard. Facts. It's not easy to change your ways. When you want to change your ways, it's really hard because you're used to it. Mm-hmm. And when you get used to something, you don't want things to change. For instance, you walk down the street every day or you get on this routine. Like, Joey, you start working out, right? You stay at that 25 pounds or 35 pounds. You're not going to want to go up to 45. Because it's easier to do that 35. It's easier. It's way easier. But you got to push yourself to do it. And some people, I'm not going to say our arm just built like that. But some people find it easier and want to stay at that level because it's something that's feasible to them and they don't want to go up. I'll go to the better. I said, I'll take that to the point of like, like, uh, like selling, selling drugs. It's a very fast and easy way to make money and people get into it. And, and see, it's a tricky topic too, because, um, like it's not just black people who are selling drugs. Other people are making money right. off corporations and shit. So it's kind of hard to be like, okay, this is this is bad. I shouldn't be doing this. In a sense, I don't really care who sells drugs, but it's not beneficial to your well-being when you know the consequences of what you're doing, and you know that life isn't fair. You know that we get looked at and we get targeted more. So now you're making this conscious decision to put yourself in this position to possibly you know fuck your life off that's just goes back to decision making yeah and it's easy quick like it's really quick like anyone getting to selling drugs and you know depending on how how much time and effort you put if you really put effort into it like it was a passion you would make a lot of money yeah it's a, it's a stupid route to go because you could do that you could put that same energy into something else and you know say you got a, it's gonna take an extra year or six months longer, but in the long run, people don't think long term; they think short term. They think now. Yeah. So it, it's, but I understand. That's what I'm saying. I'm not faulting people because I understand. Like when I'm out here stealing groceries, I'm not thinking long term. I'm thinking I got to eat now. So I definitely understand. It's it's a tricky topic. It's not just something that's like stop doing it because people yeah. got got to eat. But then that just goes back to decision making. You shouldn't be having kids when you don't have your shit together. So it all triggered. You should not bring no life into this world if you got if, if you ain't got your together. Nah, I was gonna re- reference um bring no life into this planet. Hell yeah, nah. I was gonna reference something um Gerald said is Boo Baby Boy in the chat like said this to me um a few months ago, like like in June. And he was saying black people still think in the in the slave mindset and he said in the context of we're always thinking day to day because we're trying to get through each day right where we we don't we don't think in the long term we're not we're not we're not hard to we're programmed we're very pro we're programmed to like how to survive now exactly we 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 don't think we don't think about our 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 future self-preservation we don't we don't think about what's it going to be like in 20 years and i think at a societal level, it screws us. Up, it screws us up in all aspects of society, from 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 upper class to lower class. Like, I think it's something that that screws all of us up. And when you're talking well, in, in the lower class, when you talk about people who still, um, in the context of black people, we we're not 
thinking about what am I going to do in, in 10 years and one year? And like, do I want to keep doing this? How am I going to get out of this? They just come places. And I seen people still like, I seen people still like $500 worth of stuff and they go resell it. I had my market stream in San Francisco. And that is, that that's cool, but that is not a sustainable way of life because because what's going to happen when they start actually cracking down on that shit? Like, you're not going to have no money and you have right. to find a job and you're not going to be prepared. Not even that. You're going to end up in jail. Hell yeah. It's done. You know, it's crazy. I, I, was, I, I was, you know, I was meditating on, on this topic probably about two months ago and I came up with a, you know, like kind of like a doctrine upon this. It's like there's two different things that separate a person with money and a person who doesn't have it. It's the position that you're in when you first get it and the mindset that you are in once you don't have it. Because a person who doesn't have money is either going to be in, either going to be complacent or be trying to find the best way to get some. And a person who has money is going to be thinking about how to keep it, how to make it grow, or how they're going to spend it. And, you know, it's it's very rare that you find a person who's trying to uh, make it grow for themselves. It's always somebody who's trying to save it, hold right. on to it for, you know, either because they have responsibilities or they're preparing for the responsibilities that they might have. For one, we weren't even taught how to properly <laughs> expand. So and it's, it's like a scary step that you have to take especially when you, when you have no community backing you up doing it, you're doing it on your own most of the time. So it's kind of like that leap of faith to lose everything that you work to have is a very scary topic. So that's why a lot of black people and a lot of young African-Americans tend to hoard what they have because it's like, you don't want to lose what you put, put basically some people, especially people who sell drugs do this. You don't want to lose what you're putting your life on the line for off of some shit that you don't know. Yeah. That's the scariest thing is some shit no, because <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, some stuff I still don't know and I'd be hesitant as hell to do it. But, but with with anything, you gotta take risk and you gotta really put yourself out there in position to be successful because if you sit back and stare and just watch watch everything, you're gonna sit right there for the rest of your life and that and that's not what people need to do, in all honesty. Facts. That's facts. <laughs> need to build generational wealth that's a tricky topic too because people don't understand what generational wealth is for one <laughs> for one um most people who claim to have had generational wealth that shit dies off within decades so that's not generational that's two decades worth in yeah. order to build the wealth it, it's kind of I, I will say for I'll say for the position of black people, that's a very, very hard thing to do. And I'll I say it's simpler than we think. It, no, um, it, probably, it probably is. But the, the thing I think is, is there's there, there's certain things set in place to keep people, to keep the mass majority of people at a certain level. Because right. yeah, there will be people break it. There will be people who find cracks, slip through the cracks, but there's only cracks. It's cement. Yeah. They only left cracks. They didn't leave the door open. So if you're not slipping through that crack, you're not building generational wealth. Yeah. And that, that shit is very tricky. 
I mean, I, upon, like, I know, like, niggas who have generational wealth, but then, you know, they fuck up and spend it. Um, because, like, this, honestly, the reason why generational wealth in a black community just ceased to exist is because the same reason, it's because of the same reason that we, um, <laughs> oh, oh. the same reason, huh? Before we say wealth, though, before we hop, dive deeper in this conversation, what is considered generational wealth? Now, that's what is wealth? What is that generation? That's, 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 that's a good point. Um, I consider wealth the continuance of pos the continuance of being able to sustain yourself. So just so this is not just saying, you know, if you can you know, have a roof over your Come head, to. constant money coming in. And you don't have to worry about life. That's considered generation. That's that's what I consider wealth. To a point where you don't you are so financially stable that you don't have to work. You can just focus on the on your ambitions in life. Like if I was if I was if I was if I was so sustainable, I would just be doing podcasts all day. Or I'd just be in the studio making music all day. You know what I'm saying? It's about being able to do what you want to do without having to stress about the things that you need to do. And that's the thing. I feel like people, a lot of people need to take a step back and put themselves in positions because just what you said right there is the key to it all. You said, if you could do podcasts all day, you would. Yeah. And that's the key right there that, that I feel like a lot of people fall victim to is a lot of people realize in their day-to-day -day lives that they don't have the time to do the things that they really want to do. So they give their time and energy to a nine to five, to a to a job, to another to another man's dream, to society. Then you got work, uh, you got kids, you got responsibilities, whatever the case may be. You got You got to eat. You got to You got to do all these things. I feel like people don't dedicate enough time to their craft, their passion, their vision, whatever the case may be, to actually be successful in it. But then they complain when they're not successful in it. So in my opinion, a lot of people need to take steps back. And if that means you're broke for nine months to a year because you're grinding for something so be it if that means you are living well 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 below your means because you are grinding for something so be it and i yeah. feel like are afraid to do that and that's why because you got to be realistic with yourself i feel like a lot of people i I've, I've had conversations with people and they'd be like oh well you could work eight hours a day and still you know go uh work on you know your dream but no you can't and I'm gonna tell you why you can't. It's because actually I'm not gonna say you can't. Some people can, but the vast majority of people, after they go through that eight hour shift, you gotta live life, you gotta sleep, you gotta go make dinner, or if you unless you're just gonna eat out every night, you gotta see your family sometimes. You gotta really you gotta drive home. That takes time depending That's on true. how far you live. It's just so much shit that comes into account that realistically, if you are putting time into your craft, aside from that nine to five, you're gonna have Two hours, maybe, eight yeah. hours. It's yeah. like sleeping. Brain can't even focus correctly because you you gave all your energy to something else, and that's why me personally, I have a lot of conversations with people about this, and they hate the way I think because I don't believe in working for someone else. I wholeheartedly I respect that. Self, and I've I've tried. My heart and my soul and the way I am will not stand somewhere and clock in and clock out because i just can't i can't do it like me i hate it yeah me and i feel like a lot of people need to develop that mindset where they start 
building things for themselves and, and everybody's different. So, you know, everyone's path is different, but you got to really start that path of like building shit for yourself. And that's it. Thanks. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, wait, that, oh, what you saying, Joey? I wanted to say, I want to talk about the uh, generational wealth. I think generational yeah. having assets that you can pass down to. That's to, right. I think that something where, where black people screwed up is, we, we we used to own property in the 60s and 70s, but the, the problem yes. is we yes. used to own properties in, in areas of prime real estate, like in, in the cities right. and in metropolitan areas. But where we screwed up is, I'm not going to say our grandparents screwed up and I'm not going to say they screwed up. No, no, wait, Michael, the, the angle I'm taking is I'm, our grandparents screwed up by not teaching our parents' generation the importance of those properties and why you shouldn't sell property. And I think yeah. it, it was because our grandparents didn't understand what they had. Yeah, they actually for but actually forced us out of these communities and these uh, these towns, and they kind of forced. I mean, like they just offered up like they like they they all shiny shit like like that's what I'm the reason why a lot of people moved out to Antioch is because the big you know mini mansions that seemed so affordable back then, and it's crazy because our parents end up selling these houses or. Um, Somehow they get foreclosed because they took a second mortgage out in the house before paying it off. And we didn't, not only did our, not only did our grandparents not understand it, our financial literacy, but our parents didn't understand it either. So it's up to us to understand it. But now it's too late because we're stuck on our asses. It's we don't have any, we don't have, we don't have the wealth that was passed down from our grandparents to our parents. It's not so too late. It's just, it's difficult. It is. Yeah. It's not too late, but it's going to be difficult. I think we had the tools in place, um, all the like all those years ago. But it's definitely going to be harder. But I think we can get back to that point. We just need to. I think as a community, we need to become more financially literate, and we have it's to take not, the initiative. It's not even about financially literate. I don't feel like. I feel like. Well, obviously that plays a role, but sure. I feel like it goes back to the original conversation we were having of us as a community. If we, if you put, you know, all of our, like realistically, me, you, him, ten other people, uh, twenty, you just start building the numbers of your community. Your brains, we're not stupid. Nobody, like, if you really put your brains together, you will come up with these certain things. Everything was thought of by someone. <clears throat> so a way to make money, financial literacy. It's just somebody else's opinion on how to do something. And then they made it fact. So my yeah. thing, you put your brains together and you came up with a way to build a house or a way to to build a community or a way to have income flow through. It all starts with ideas and creativity. And we're just playing in their game now. So now yeah. we're in their creativity and now we're trying to figure it out. But they're purposely not teaching us stuff. I was just having this conversation with my girl. It's like, how did I go through high school with not learning one thing about credit, one thing about taxes, one thing about uh, income, one thing about real estate, anything that actually matters and will make you money that could that is a skill. It's something that could easily be taught in a in a class, in a two hour classroom. Right. But they teach you Christopher Columbus and and this, this and that. And then they and then they pinpoint slavery and they have a whole thing about slavery and they try to make it they try to give us our you know our moment but in realistic realistically they're just shitting on our people it's Let not them. even our moment right 
It's not our moment. That's the worst moment ever, and that's what they've been. I, I think that that's one of my biggest problems with like American education and just like how we uh, education in general is like we we always focus on the tragedies of black people. We we're always focusing on our trauma, like how how we relate in this country with with white people. Even when they have little people in there, you know, W uh Dubois, I never can pronounce his name. When yeah. they throw <laughs> uh successful, it's so quick. It's like yeah, he did this. Uh, but then, you know, back to slavery. Uh, yeah. Back to uh, Rosa, Rosa Parks led them out. Uh, I said Rosa. What the fuck? Harriet Tubman led yeah. them out. Uh, but they're still slaves. Um, it's just a whole bunch of just, oh, they'll give you a little a little minuscule, just a little bit of like, oh, positivity, and then it's right back to negativity. Exactly. I just think there are so many things that black people have done that if we learn – would be so empowering like like i didn't most most black people don't even know about black wall street like a lot of black people don't know i'm i'm privileged to to like be in spaces where that is talked about frequently but there are a lot of black people who don't even know that existed and the thing is okay. there are other communities besides black wall street that were burned down there was wilmington north carolina in 1899 there was i think springfield Illinois in 1905 just there, there was there's just two more there was five big ones that were that were destroyed and I, Pinewood? I think Pinewood was one. I forgot what state was there. I have the list in one of my books somewhere. But the, the, the point I'm trying to make is we need to, like, that history needs to be taught because we need to we need to teach ourselves that history because it's empowering. It's right. Empowering. Not, that's the thing. Exactly. It's, it's empowering to know what our potential is and what we can do when we work together. And they don't want us to know that because they don't know, they don't want us to know how powerful we are. They don't know, they don't want us to know our true our true purpose, like what what we've done in this country. And my yeah. thing about it, my problem I have with it is, is a lot of people could talk about it all day, but when someone presents themselves, when the opportunity presents itself to actually put in action, everyone shies away, and that's that's what I'm starting to realize. The only people who really come together are people in the music industry, people, uh, stuff like that. But even them, they're not you know fully connected with each other. They're not fully. Nice in cahoots with each other so it's like especially and it starts like i said the people around you like i can name all the friends i have all the people i know everyone is kind of just in their own world it's terrible and i've paid attention to other cultures when they're doing something they're all backing each other because they have that that community and it's like okay if you're doing this i'm backing you and then since you're doing this and backing me i'm gonna back you and this is, and it's just, it goes in full circle. But nowadays it's like, you know, if you're doing this, ah, well, I'm trying to do it too. And it's not room for both of us. And this goes back to them creating that level of like, there's only cracks and only so many people could fit through these cracks that now we're in competition with each other. It's like, I got to be successful and my family got to eat. So yeah. I can't worry about your shit. Like I have to be on my own shit and I got to get yeah. to that crack. And it's just, like I said, it's a cycle, and the only way we're going to fix it is making these conscious choices to say, okay, I want to get through that crack, but I'm going to bring you with me. And then on top of bringing you with me, I'm going to bring you with me. And I don't care if it takes longer. I don't care how much work it takes. We're going to make it happen. Yeah, I, I think that um, like Gerald keeps talking about, like, families. I think that's that's something that's kind of missing. We don't have the, the same the same family um, structure because – when you go back into those communities, all the, like the five big black communities that were that were self sufficient, 
one thing that family and when when you have Man. family when when you have when you have one cohesive family that family knows the other family and then that family knows each other and then they introduce themselves to each other and you build a community where everybody cares about each other and right. like really? and like and like you just said we always like we're we're never um we're in our own world. We're in our own our own home. We don't we don't talk to nobody. We don't talk to our neighbors no more. We're not doing none of that stuff. That's why we don't have. We don't want to build with each other because we don't even know. We don't. We don't. We don't want to know each other. That's the crazy part. We act like we damn near scared of each other. If we're gonna be honest, we are each other. That's the that's the funny thing. Like, and I'm the first to admit it. Like, I'm not. It's not scared in the sense of like, oh, I'm like scaredy, but it's just that, like I said, that subconscious feeling like you kind of don't trust, you kind of don't trust it. We don't trust each other no more. Yeah. Hold on. I'm going to be right back. Give me like 10 seconds. No, I'll be like, we don't, we don't, we don't trust each other. Well, we don't, we don't want to, like, like I said earlier, we're afraid, we're afraid to uplift each other. We're, we're never trying to, um, just make each other feel feel good. It's always just like a, it's always like always some hating shit, you know. Like, you know, I'm personally I'm blessed to have went to like like to have been in schooling environments because when I was young, I used to read a lot, and I used to bring my books to school, and I'm blessed to be in a to have been in the environment to where I wasn't made fun of for that shit. My friends actually joined me. They they read my president's books with me. You know, I was blessed. If if I had went to like if I went to like a different school, I probably might have gotten made fun of. And I wouldn't be the person I am today because I would because I would think I wouldn't think that shit is cool to to know history. One of the first things I tell somebody like I love history. That's my favorite shit, and I'm proud of that. Ain't no one can tell me I'm a nerd. I don't give a fuck. Right. You know, shout out to Coach O. Shout out to Mr. Emerald. Shout out to St. Leo's. I was I was raised to be proud of that because I was around. I was in a black environment where 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 education was was uplifted. Like the smartest girls in the class, like like they was the coolest. You know all that shit. That's dope. And that's something that a lot of people don't experience. I didn't experience that. The people I grew up around, it's like, it was kind of just like, where are you doing that? It's kind of like, whatever. It's like, are you an athlete? Are you a rapper? Like, you you, you in gang shit? If not, it's kind of just like, or are you fun? I was just, that's kind of the route I took. But, you know, so I hung around people doing bad shit, but I never was in I was just always, but a lot of people who tried to be on like their education, or not even like a white school system, just learning stuff in general, they got looked down upon. Right, right, exactly. I just think it's um. I remember my uh, there's a security guard at my job. I was talking to him. He was saying like, "Remember like, higher? No, nah, no, nah, it's, it's a different. Uh-huh. One. It's my nigga Richard. Um, he was he was saying that." A lot of black, a lot of black boys don't don't want to be smart when they grow up because because they don't get no pussy from you. like like, <laughs> like 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 girls girls don't want to like mess mess with the don't want to mess with the dudes who are smart and because of that it incentivizes. I feel like immature people. I feel yeah. like immature females won't want to mess with a smart dude. And but I do agree with the 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 aspect of females kind of search for. The negative shit, a lot of them do. And then when they realize that that's not what they want, then they go back running to, and this is when they mature, then they go back running to someone who is, you know, really on their shit, really smart, has these good qualities. So, 
Man, I don't, I want to get into like the whole, into the whole, you know, the whole uh, politics of, uh, of, of uh, dating politics and gender politics. But uh, it's crazy that you say that because I'm like, I realize that the, the, the it man changes from that nigga who's cool in school to the nigga who actually has a nice job and got the money. Ain't that crazy? It's fucking hilarious, too, because I was that kid. <laughs> I was that kid who didn't get no females growing up. Because of the way I was, everybody who did, it literally flip-flops. <laughs> it's like now they, they had that time where it's like people were immature. And when people start to mature and realize what you actually want in a person you realize that you were kind of in, in the whole time searching for the wrong things. A lot of people expect black people to be such X certain when, when they're, they get made fun of or outcasted. That's back to so too much STDs out here. <laughs> hey, you got shit. I got shit. <laughs> I'm Nah, it's, it's it's crazy. Like I was, I mean, I was the same way. Like growing up, I was in, I didn't get no girls and stuff like that. You know, I, oh, I, me I and you was both in the same boat, right? brother. <laughs> it was it was it was tough, bro. I mean, I was I was yeah, I was I was a history buff in my class. I was all the smart. I was one of the smart kids. But it didn't it didn't get me no girls and shit like that. I I remember one time I I sat up. I said like we was all to sleepover. All my friends were talking about how much girls they got, and I didn't get none. It was like in fifth grade, and I. The top bunk, and I just sat. I just cried. Why is we? Oh, see, I, re I remember that sleepover. That was hella funny. I, not there. I don't even know if you. Nah, you you're, was, talking, you're talking about the sleepover, right? Nah, nah. That was it. Was at Josh. It was like in fifth, fourth grade, something like that. I know you hear the Survivor series in the background. That's another thing I was gonna say. See, why even in fifth, sixth, seventh grade? Because I was the same way. Why are we even worried about getting females? There's That's like, how perverted like society is, though. Exactly, because I was, I was, I'm not gonna lie, I was mad all the way up until like I finally, you know, messed with someone. I was like, you know, the only person, and I was kind of like, I was hot, and I'm like, why yeah, am I? I so left. Why? I'm, I'm not even finna expose myself like that, but Joe, you know exactly what story I'm thinking of. Which one? Don't expose yourself too much on here. Expose yourself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not gonna say no names. I'm not gonna say no names. But in fifth grade, I transferred to a new school. Oh yeah. <laughs> I transferred to a new school, and everybody was talking about, oh, I'm, I'm messing with this girl. I'm messing with this girl. So I decided I was just gonna make one up. <laughs> hey, <laughs> that didn't end too well for me. <laughs> <laughs> he made up he had a girlfriend but it was a real girl like uh, it was oh, so you, like, you lied about dating a girl yeah yeah damn and the shit caught back up to me and that's all i'm gonna say mm. and, and and then we all met her and we asked like <laughs> okay hey, stop get it get it hey the movie's over the movie's it over all right it happened Happens to the best. It happens, bro. You know, I'm, niggas want to be cool, you know, and so they're gonna try to do things to fit in. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna embarrass myself, but I got some stories. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, 
it's kind of sad though. Like we was like 10, 11 years old, 12, have like, like, eleven years old, worried about I got friends over here like, fifth grade, sixth grade talking about she just back in the field just gave me that and I'm like, damn yeah, I'm I'm trying to get my first man. <laughs> How you how you over here getting the butts? You know what I mean? In, in, Bruh, in the back I'm, of the field. I'm, trying, if I'm I'm still trying to find. I'm trying to still trying to hold her in. Like I'm, cool. trying, I'm trying to find, and I'm trying to get a little peck. I remember when I got my first kiss. I was like, shit, I'm that nigga. <laughs> I'm saying. I thought I'm, I'm like, damn. I'm like, man. I'm really, man. She she really fuck with the nigga, bro. Like it's it's just crazy. Like I've. I don't know. Just it used it used to be tough growing up, like seeing all that stuff around you, and then you're like, like, why me? You know what I'm saying? It's just all of them, all my friends, especially in high school, they going crazy. I'm like, what about me? <laughs> I'm I'm saying, what what? I, I'm human. I think I, I I was trying my hardest not to be the nigga who has been like, where my hug at? You know, man. I'm not gonna say nothing. Like I had, I had my fair share of people who yeah. I was confident. So I'm not gonna lie. Even in like middle school, elementary school, I was going up to girls like, "Look, I think you're cute." But I was confident. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm same way. I, I was not no eunuch or nothing. But you know, what I'm saying I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't the le- I wasn't the legend of Harvard Blue. You know, <laughs> and that's why I'm like, but now nah, once it hit a certain point, I realized. Like it, it was like when I got to college, it was like, oh, I started realizing now nah, I'm actually, I'm actually that dude. <laughs> but then I realized it's not even really worth it for me, because I was, I was always in the mindset of, and the real reason was because I was always in the mindset of I want to find someone that I could build a family with and like really connect with on a soul level. Yeah. So I was that still. I'm still a guy, you know. I'm still young. I'm still. I'm still trying to, you know, live life a little bit, but that was never my main goal was to just have hella bitches. Yeah. Facts. I mean, it was for a minute as soon as I started getting them. You know what I'm saying? But Right. But I can't lie about but that. But the end goal never was, you know what I'm saying? I always I always saw myself settling down with one. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if I did have, like, a lot of – I always went back to that mindset of, like, uh, this ain't for me. I would do it. I'll be like, nah. And I stood on that. Exactly. I mean, this is a long one, but we got a question here. I just wanted to answer this because it looks pretty interesting. Well, of course, then. Um, corporations controlling tech products specifically design. Oh, that, that's an older one. Is this? Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's an older one. We can, in there? Oh. we can um, go back to it. That's something I wanted to say, though. I wanted to, I wanted to say, like, a lot of, I don't, I don't know like how this is in other communities, but I don't know particularly amongst black men. I feel like a lot of black men like feel feel the pressure to have a lot of girls because, oh, yeah. because of their friends. Because, right. Because it's like because it, it's cool. You might not even want that, but right. it's that's it's, facts. It's, that's, it's, that's facts. I mean, shit, damn near. Still to this day, we damn near feel a little bit of pressure. You know what I'm saying? Like to. To, to go out and just, like, rampage right. a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, sometimes I feel happier just being either by myself or as, as a, you know, like, 
I'm fucking just what's just one person. Like why I gotta why I gotta why I gotta go out my way. It's kind of like nowadays the thought of having the thought for most dudes of having multiple women is so glorified that it's hard for people to settle down in that mindset of like one individual. Especially with the way social media is and like the way people especially the way People are being I'm cool with minds, you know what I'm saying? I'm cool with that one, you know what I'm saying? I'm cool. It's very hard for a lot of people to step back and really get back to that. And people think, just go out here and catch 100 bodies and I'm going to be cool when I find my wife. Nah, your soul's going to be fucked up. I, I just think, like... like I was watching a video about that the other day. This dude I'm said, a, he said, uh... The black... I mean, shit, black men are hypersexualized too, so that could also be a reason why. Hmm. But black men are damn near hypersexualized more than they are hypersexual. Because I was reading, man, not. She said, uh, hypersexualized. Oh, she did? Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, I was reading, man. I was reading, man, not. And they were talking about, like, how black men have been groomed to be sexual beasts ever since we were on the plantation by. Both Massa and his wife. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So it's crazy how, you know, how the evolution of that has happened and we're still hypersexualized. Um, I forgot the point I was going to make before that, though. It makes them into it, too, though. All right. Yeah. A lot of dudes don't realize that they don't have to act on it. And act, and act yeah, that's what I was gonna say. You don't have to. Yeah, ooh, are you I'm about to fall off? Are you? That's what I'm saying. We are supposed to have a 14 inch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's the thing. Like the the expectations are higher because motherfuckers think think we are like we're just sexual beings. <laughs> they 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 give us dang you got 14 inches. <laughs> the, uh, sexuality they give us superiority, but then when it comes to anything else, it's kind of like you guys ain't shit. Oh my god! Damn! Oh my! I'm saying they give they give us that, and they give us you know oh we're big, black, and strong. Oh yeah, they give us they give the athletic fast. They don't give us athletics and sex. That's all they give us. Everything else, we're dumb monkeys. I'm freaking out because what he just said is facts. They will give us that. They they will give us that right there. But with everything else, nah, stay in your place, nigga. Just stay in. They'll straight up say, you could you could interview you could probably interview people and say who's the as far as men, men who's the best race to have sex with, you know, you do a poll, a lot of people are gonna say black men. Not I don't know if that's facts or not, but I just know it could be even someone who hasn't even had sex with a black man. It's just gonna be it's that 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 thought process and that mindset of how it's been perceived. That people are gonna, you know, lean towards that. Exactly. It is crazy, bro. Cause like that's so true. Like we, we get that, but with everything else in life, like nobody, nobody really wants to listen to us, and like nobody really. We're kind of, we're kind of like looked down upon in a lot of aspects. Like they do, even like with people who are creative, like uh, yeah. smart, smart black people, they'll buy your mind out. So it's. They'll 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 say you're creative. They'll say you're dope. They'll say you could write. They'll say you're no, you're this smart person. But what they're gonna do so you don't get credit is they're gonna give you a number, so they can always be on top. So you know all these movies that are made, all these uh, these books that are written by certain people. It's like, hey, 
you come to us with this idea, it's your mind. All right, let me shoot you four million. You ain't never heard that number in your life. So it's exactly. like it's bewildering, you know what I'm saying? Like it catches you off guard. Four million dollars, man, that sounds that sounds like a lot. But what they really make it off you is like damn near like two hundred million. And, and then like, who've seen that, who who've seen that before they gave up their, their idea, their vision, have always came out on top. Yeah. They can they can naturally see if if someone's coming at you eager to offer you for your idea or eager to tell you, hey, you know, you know you got something. Especially if it's white, if it's a white man or if it's a corporate place. If they're telling you, hey, uh, you know, it's okay. Uh, you know, we'll buy it for two mil. Nah, nigga, it's not okay. That shit is legit. Ride it out. Cause it's gonna be something. Cause it, it's it's actually worth way more than I that. I saw that. That shit was hella funny to me. I just had to explain that shit. That shit was hella funny. <laughs> He's spitting. She said they like black men for what they can do, like in music or in the field, but they don't want to hear anything else you got to say. Oh, my God. That's facts. Facts. That's facts. Shut up and dribble. Shut up and rap. That is so true, bro. Like, I just, I don't know. I just think, um, I think that that's what we're trying to do on this podcast. We're trying to give out our perspective. Like, that's, that's, a, that's a question I got for y'all. How, how do y'all plan on expanding and where do y'all plan on taking this podcast? Man, we were actually talking about this today over text. Hell, funny. Just talking about this earlier. We were just we were talking about like how like we were like growing like not hella fast, you know, like going like going viral, but we're growing at a steady rate. Right. Like the work that we're putting in is paying off. Um, and I honestly, all honesty, Joey, you can you can combat this if I'm wrong, but. I don't feel like we're like ready to blow up. Like we've seen like podcasts like Fresh and Fit who don't have all the substance that they need to like sustain themselves. You know what I'm saying? All they have is, you know, a catchy slogan or they have a go to line and then I, once I, they get confronted I, by somebody, they get eaten out. Oh no, no. I think they have some substance. I don't think they they okay. get- they are because I don't think that they were ready to blow up as, as fast as they did. I, I kind of I think they are because I think they they have the setup, but like they they have like they have certain things. Yeah, they they have the setup, but like they, they have they have a clear and concise message. I'm not I'm not sitting there trying to defend them, but I think their channel was ready to to blow up. Like I think they have things that they principles and values that they stand on, whether we agree with them or not. They, those are things that they stand on and they can defend. When the time comes. I mean, if, if it comes down to that, we have that. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is I feel that when I look at our podcast, I feel like we have so much more to grow sure. before we reach the point of complete success or, like, success to a point where we are going to be able to bring on guests, have great conversations with them, and have them like look back and be like, "Oh, I'm proud to have been on that podcast because we had this conversation about this stuff." And I would be delighted to come back. You know what I'm saying? Not right. saying that we don't have guests that do that right now. I'm just saying that like we're still in the you know we're still on the ground with it. You know what I'm saying? We're still in the mud with it. We- I love it. I love it. And, that's- and I, yeah, I wanted to say one more thing. I like. For like like a more long term goal for our podcast, like me and Michael are very passionate about about the black community and, and giving and um using our ideas in in order to help the community grow. But as our podcast gets gets bigger and we and we start to make it lucrative, 
I'll, me and Michael both will both want to give back to our community in some type of way and 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 put our ideas put our ideas into motion through action and and right. tangible things because ideas can only take you so far we eventually we want to have the financial capital in order to make the things that we talk about tangible and people can see them and people can see growth in the community i think that's that's where we really want to go with this in the end and in the be in at the end but in the beginning you know we're just trying to we're just trying to we're trying to show people that like people our age can have these conversations and 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 when we're proud to have them i remember like yeah. a few, almost damn almost a year ago we had our first black anthropology episode and like a lot of my young like a lot of my young homies they was like like it was my brother's young homies he was saying like like they had never seen like somebody in their age group talking about this stuff on instagram live they had never seen that they're right. not conversations i'm honestly i'm spoiled to have grown up in an environment where all of my friends think like me and we have these conversations because i like there are so many people who don't have those type of conversations at all no substance very service level stuff so i'm grateful that i can have those conversations and bring that and show that to the world so i think it's important our perspective is important we need that facts that's de that's definitely like one of the most important things is first raising awareness because people need to understand what is going on and what to do about it before we can take action so that's why i've always loved podcasts and uh like that's because we're actually about to start a podcast too but i've always <laughs> i've always loved what podcasts could do in like shedding light on topics and uh, different individuals' mindsets, and then bringing it together in whole, and like connecting the dots and connecting the pieces. And I was, I was asking that question because I, I definitely see, you know, see it going somewhere for y'all. I just wanted to see what y'all mindset was on, how y'all mindset was thinking about it. I mean, eventually, I, I remember we talked about this probably about four or five months ago, but we wanted to start this nonprofit where um, we just teach black kids you know, the things that they should be learning. You know what I'm saying? You know, like, you know, like how we, 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 we want to create that environment of which we grew up in. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like we grew up in a black environment that encouraged education and encouraged uh, a wealth mindset and encouraged intellectualism. We want to create that so that that, so that they can grow up not in our image, but in an image that gave them respect and integrity and gave them some sort of accountability and knowledge, right. you know, which is why we want to do that, you know, the nonprofit down the line. I'm a, I'm, I love that, bro. Like, that's, that's real. And I feel like it starts with shit like this. And then eventually, you know, you take those gradual steps and you'll be there. Yeah, I mean, our our podcast just started because me and Michael, we just, we all I mean, we always talk on the phone. Like it's it really started out of our friendship, and for real, the black letter started off as our friendship. For real. I think it's it's very it's very authentic because I think a lot of people just start start a podcast and there's just no passion with it. Right. A lot of podcasts fail, but there's something that actually means a lot to us, and, and we are committed to making sure that this shit works. And that's what I'm saying. A lot of people. I know too many people who have an idea or want to do something and they just sit on it for so long. So the fact that y'all, my fault, the fact that y'all are doing it and y'all are doing it, you know, in all honesty, we're not the best resources. Like if we think about it, we're on Instagram live right now. 
like that's a that's a it's a it's a it's a start though you know because it's uh it's just the fact that you're applying yourself and actually talking about real topics that in my opinion is what matters like you know a lot of people got podcasts where they have like the dopest setups and you know real studios to do they shit in and real mics and yada 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 but not, in all honesty that's not what matters it's about the effort you're putting in and then you let or you let everything else follow after yeah i mean yeah. one thing me and michael focus on just like sometimes sometimes our like especially in the past our, our audio quality hasn't been the best like it's times we're like michael <laughs> like michael like i've we, we've we've recorded a podcast where michael's just facetiming me and my facetime audio is in the background but people still like it because because the content is good yeah you no know, people um, imagine if it was done now to perfection yeah exactly yeah. Exactly. I think I sometimes I see people like always like focusing on getting all the all, all the all the mics and the cameras and stuff like that. Before no. they get the before I, they get substance about themselves. I always tell people it's like it's like building a tower, bro. You're not going you gotta lay down that cement first, that foundation. And the foundation is you. So motherfuckers be talking to me about, hey, you know, I need to get this before I can start, or I need to get this before I can make music, or I need I'm like, bro. Your foundation is you. So first you need to get yourself right. Yeah. And put that out there. And then you can work from that foundation. If you're sitting here trying to say, I need to get all this equipment to do what you're trying to do, you're not gonna you're never gonna be successful. Yeah. You're stalling. Honestly. <laughs> you're stalling. Like at the end of the day, if you really wanted to do it, you would just sit in front of your phone. All you need is talk to yourself. You know what I'm saying? That's literally what a podcast that's how at least that's how I started. Um, I started off literally in voice memos, just talking to myself for like an hour a day. You know what I'm saying? That's like, you know, I can go look back right now. All right, whoever's on here, go scroll down my Instagram. <laughs> go to those, go to those first few videos. <laughs> he said, "Wait, this is a podcast? Yeah, it is a podcast. Hell yeah, it's a podcast. Follow us, the Black Lotus Podcast, man. Yeah, follow page, follow page. We be spitting on there." The same type of stuff we talking about right now, we be talking about the same shit on our Instagram, trying to just bring bring insight on on things you might not think is that insightful. Shit, I'm I'm, I'm gonna type up something insightful for real. And go go follow our page. Although I I just wanted to say one thing because I know it's hella late out there for Joe. I think it's like damn near approaching one o'clock hour. Bro, I got an eight a.m. tomorrow so. <laughs> on the East Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Howard, right now, shout out Howard University. Oh yeah. Um, it's time to go to sleep. <laughs> but I wanted to, I wanted to say, Joe, you remember the first podcast I I did? Uh, at least that's that's called number one. It's uh, the true nature of the threat. Of course, Classic. that song I actually took the class with when I first heard that song with Zakaias. For real? Yeah, Roscos. The uh, the uh, nature of the threat song with uh, Professor Bell put us on. I do remember that. Yeah, that yeah. that song gave like that song gave me and Michael a lot of conversations. Like that that really had me damn near scared for real. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That was a that was a crazy song, man. Crazy. But man, I just want to thank you, Zakaias, for really just coming on and just chopping it up with us, man. Uh, I appreciate y'all for having me for real, bro. For real, bro. Like, um, meant a lot. It was uh, not necessarily last minute, but I've been playing. I've been wanting to have you come on for a minute, and I was just glad we was able to uh, get some time together so we could actually have this conversation, man. Thanks. Right. Looking forward to doing it again for real.
Yeah, for surely, for surely. Um, this is the conclusion of another Black Lotus podcast. I was your co-host. I was your co-host, Mike Blue, and your other co-host, Josiah Jacobs. And I want y'all to have a great night. Um, and as we always say, as long as you guys show love, we will stay, stay consistent. Hey. <laughs> so I can tell me, peace. Catch y'all next time. One love.